Welcome back to another episode of Forgotten Seasons. This is your host, Dylan Dreyfus. Man, today we got a guy that I think really epitomizes what this show is all about, Josh Smith. Jay Smoove went straight from high school to the league in 2004. He was a part of a stacked 04 high school class, which included guys like Dwight Howard, J.R. Smith, Al Jefferson, Sebastian Telfair, all of who went straight from high school to the league. Smith was drafted in the first round by his hometown Atlanta Hawks, and he joined one of the worst teams in NBA history. My co-host Jelani McCoy was a part of this 2005 Hawks team. They went 13-69, and which is one of the 10 worst seasons in the modern NBA. The team did have talent, though. I mean, they had guys like Antoine Walker, Al Harrington, Ty Lue, Boris Diaw, and Josh Smith. And if you remember, Smith was putting up ridiculous defensive numbers in his first three or four years in the league, having 100 steal and 200 block seasons, stuff that only guys like David Robinson and Hakeem Olajuwon have done. Smith has a really interesting perspective just on how his career panned out. You'll hear him talk about how he even had trouble like going to basketball games or watching games on TV after he retired. So I thought that this was a really good one. I hope you guys enjoy. A reminder, we are dropping episodes every single Wednesday. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on TikTok, on Instagram. I hope you enjoy. Be sure to drop a review and a rating. We really appreciate it. Let's get into the interview. Forgotten Seasons with Josh Smith begins right now. Only thing I'm plugging is Forgotten Seasons. Welcome back to Forgotten Seasons. Today we got a good one, Jelani man. Fun fact, when I started Forgotten Seasons like four years ago, the very first post that I made was Josh Smith. Because I think that this dude is one of the most slept on defenders, versatile players of the 2000s. And today we're lucky mm-hmm. enough to have him in the recording room. Uh, Jay Smoove, how you living today, man? Jay Smoove. What's up, man? I'm living good, man. Thanks for having of me. Of course. I think this is going to be a, an especially good one because, Smoove, you, you had the pleasure of playing for a drink of water with my burnt out co-host in Atlanta. So I think this will be especially good. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Deffy was a great teammate of mine. Uh, too brief, if you ask me, but uh, definitely, Deffy was a good a good guy, for I, sure. I appreciate that. I felt the same way. I knew Josh was like reminding me of myself. So I did what I could while I was there to make sure, you know, he was in a better position, you know what I mean, as a young player coming into a tough situation. So the talent was undeniable. When you seen Josh Smith, you, you realize you didn't have to be even like basketball to understand that he was good at whatever he was doing. So, you know what I mean? Hats off to him as a young fella in his career. And I'm I'm excited about this one, Dylan, because at least it's not that everybody isn't the homie, but you know what I mean? I at least got, like you said, I had a little time cut short, but I spent some time with Josh. So before we get into the Hawks thing, I want to kind of start in high school. We've been posting about it a lot, just like the high school to NBA pipeline. And I think that your high school class, when you look at it, like talent wise, that top 10, 15, I don't know how many classes rival that in terms of talent to go down the list. It's uh, Dwight Howard, Sean Livingston, Al Jefferson, Rudy Gay, yourself, Marvin Williams, Sebastian Telfair, Randolph Morris, J.R. Smith. And if we remember, so this is the class of 2004, the year before that LeBron goes to the league. And then what I assume happens is people see that and it goes really well. In your class, like five of the top seven guys end up going to the league. You are one of them. Uh, What do you just like remember from coming up with that class? Any memorable like games, rivalries? I want to talk about your AAU team, but talk to us just about that like high school to NBA pipeline and how it got to the point where like pretty much all five of the top players went straight from high school to the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we sure did. That was, we had a hell of a class for sure. Um, but, uh, you know, we played in the era where, you know, if you was, if you was a really good player, you didn't play your age group. So, uh, you know, this, this new era of, of playing, you know, 15, you 16, you, and then 17, you, it's kind of it's kind of strange to me. I'm trying to get accustomed to it, but um, you know, I think after what 15, I just started playing 18. So mm-hmm. I think it kind of got me mentally and physically physically prepared for 
uh, the leaps and bounds that I was I was going to need to make uh, going from high school to the NBA, uh, getting beat up beat up by guys like Kendrick Perkins and and uh, Leon Poe, um, LeBron James, uh, guys that are guys that were older than me, um, and you know me understanding or trying to figure out you know how can I be able to you know compete with these guys uh, one day and. That that was a drive that 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 added a, a, a fuel to the fire in itself. So um, you know, playing playing I guess playing older guys it kind of got definitely got me ready. Josh, I know you played against older players. Did, were you always tall? Did you have a big growth spurt? Were you always you know what I mean tall for your age and always had to play against the older guys, or did you have a you know started off normal size, got beat up, and then grew into you know what I mean six whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I was I was kind of normal size. Well, I was a little taller than my my uh, friends, but um, you know, basketball wise, I was I was kind of average height mm-hmm. uh, all the way up until probably like the ninth grade. Mm-hmm. I think from eighth grade to ninth grade, that was my biggest growth spurt. I went from mm-hmm. like uh, six feet six one to like six six. I did the same uh, when thing. I went got from five nine when I was a ninth. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, so it was like that was a big adjustment for me to uh, when, when I made when I when I got when I got that tall, uh, my athleticism just kept growing and, and going. So um, I used that as a staple point when I was younger to be able to compete with those guys using my athleticism, my quickness, and uh, you know you got to be you got to be got to have have IQ especially to be able to to play uh, older. You know what I'm saying as a young as a young kid. Talk to us about the Atlanta Celtics. I can't imagine like rolling up to an AU game and seeing you and Dwight Howard as like the front line. Like, could you just smell and see the fear in the players when they pulled up? Were any of the games close? I know that uh, Brandon Rush, Javaris Crittenton, I think Randolph Morris was also on that team. Some people think that that yeah, is yeah. the best AU team ever. I don't know where you stand on that, but what what was your AU? experience like because Jelani and I were talking yesterday he played on a really good AU team and I think had a similar experience to you but me as a five foot eleven white dude I I know that if I pulled up to that game and I saw you and Dwight punching in layup lines like I don't know how I'm gonna do this game uh I mean we're definitely up there in conversation you know um if you ask anybody that was in, in, on the AAU teams back in the day, they'll say they had the mm-hmm. best ones <laughs> in the history. So uh, we're definitely up there. But we were so humble uh, back in the day. You know, you got to think about it. There was no Instagram. And uh, guys wasn't really bumping into NBA players how, how freely they do now. Um, so it was it was like, you know, we, we were just kids. You know, we just, we were just kids, not, not even really understanding what, what we were doing at that moment. We we seen you know the crowd was was definitely packed, but we didn't know we didn't know we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know why they was here, there for us. Our, our coaches did a great job at keeping us humble. Rest in peace, um, Coach Prather and um, you know um, Carl McCray is still alive, but he did a great job. They both did a great job at keeping us uh, eyes on the prize, you know. So um, we definitely had a, we definitely had a really good good program. We still have still have it today. Um, I'm involved with the Atlanta Celtics, and um, they 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 still have a, a good pipeline in, in Atlanta and around uh, Georgia, uh, and getting great players and and pushing them to the NBA and to, into high level colleges. Mm. So then, how does the how does you going from AU in the high school scene get to the NBA? Is is that mostly because of Oak Hill? Because you end up going there, and is that when the NBA attention? and the scouts and the coaches start talking to you? Or was that a thing before you even went to Oak Hill? And what do you remember from those like first A or first NBA scouts talking to you and finding out that you could actually be in the NBA? Because you're 17, 18 years old, and now you got grown men coming to you and, you know, asking you, I, I mean, what what did they ask you? And what do you remember from that? Those want in, some from you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to, I got to thank my parents. Mm. Uh, I mean, I have really good. My mom and dad did a great job at, at uh, keeping my vision, my vision uh, tunneled, and uh, you know, kind of blocking out the noise on people that was that was trying to get in the pot. You know what I mean? You know, everybody, every, everybody sees and, and, and they see it, and they want to be a part of it, right? Zelina, you know, you you, you know it, and um, it's just about it's just about having a, a great support system around you. 
um, kind of like you know being that being that voice for you to say no, and kind of kind of narrowing your vision and, and staying focused on the prize at hand because you can get distracted. And I think Oak Hill did a great job because it was nothing up there but books and basketball, mm-hmm. and we were playing nothing but the best talent around the world. And I'm not, no knock to uh, public schools or anything like that, but if you if you if you want to like make it and you're trying to like merge quickly into that professionalism, uh, a, a, a school like Oak Hill is, is, is great for a kid. It, it blocks out so many distractions. Uh, the only thing you can do is talk to a girl on the phone. Uh, so it's, it's, it's like, you know, you could just, it's, it's just books and basketball and, uh, you know, building your game up to, to being able to play at the next level. Mm. Well, for both of you, like, I'm, I, you don't hear a lot. You don't hear a lot of people talk about what goes on at Oak Hill and Mouth of Wilson. You know, you I know it's in the oh, middle, yes. kind of nowhere. Everybody always mm. wonder, like, what exactly do they do there? Because they don't play a regular high school schedule. They always traveling. Mm-hmm. Like, it definitely yeah. is a, a introduction in how to be a professional player, almost more so mm-hmm. than a college player. Because you know, like, you're, you're really taking your brand on the road and traveling, and not really playing in a conference. Or Y'all really playing for national championships, right? At the end of the day at Oak Hill, there's no league champion or Harbor League or Independent League. Y'all thing is to be, you know, the national championship, uh, uh, national championship at the high school career. So I always thought it was very interesting. Like, man, nobody and nobody ever really talks about it. About it, you know what I mean? They always say that you know there Mm -hmm. obviously aren't girls there, but. I always commend y'all for holding that. No, they have girls. They have girls that you just—it's like an invisible line. You just can't cross that invisible line. See, I know, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Everybody, yeah, you, yeah you, it's co-ed. You got, it's co-ed. You just, yeah, you got to be a a a co-op mission to do it. It really got to be a job if you want to find out if you want to. Oh man, but it ain't even worth it because you get you get kicked, kicked out. out for crossing you know, you the line and just them. talking to a girl. Uh, at, at a certain at a certain time, for sure. You know, you could talk to them during the school. We have like little little stuff that we have, like activities on weekends sometimes. Where you know, but it's like a it's you know invisible it's line. an invisible line. Right, you know, yeah. once 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 the once the activities over, where y'all go over there, we and they're they're over there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Everyone says that everyone says yeah. the same exact thing about Oak Hill dating back to like we had we talked to Rod Strickland, who was like the first player to go there. Uh, Steven Jackson says they have mm-hmm. every single player that goes to Oak Hill says the same thing. What's your uh, what's your coach Smith story? Because Steve Smith is probably one of the most like, you know, mm-hmm. probably underground legendary coaches. I think he just retired. But mm-hmm. what makes him yeah. such a good coach? Yeah, because every single player that goes through that program says the same thing about him is that, you know, dude's an amazing coach and he stayed at that school for his yeah. pretty much, you know, whole career. Yeah, absolutely. I have to say his his the how well he does with juggling all those different personalities each and every each and every year. Um having mm-hmm. to having to uh have guys come in top five in the country, top fifteen in the country and being able to manage those personalities and and get them to um, play at the highest level, uh, uh, you know, being able to be away from home. Uh, I think uh, Miss Smith did a great job at uh, making it feel feel home. I was, you know, people people get homesick, and um, you know, even though your your parents come come up there, you do you do want to be at home, you know, at that age. But they did a great job at keeping us focused. We won a national championship our year, uh, me and Rondo, and and I, and our team, and. Uh, you know, it's a place that it's a place where you wanna, you, you know, you you wanna leave when you're there. Like you, you wanna leave because you miss home. But when you leave, you 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 appreciate those moments mm-hmm. and you miss miss being up there. If that can, if that makes sense, yes, it does. Um, it, it it taught me a lot. It made it, it made me a man uh quickly in those what six seven months I was up there. Uh, I got I gained friends. Uh, that I still talk to today, teammates that I still talk to today. We have a, a little group text message where we where we check up on each other, and I feel I find that so dope that we're, we're able to to stay connected that long. And um, Oak Hill is is a is a place where you know it's underrated still to this day because uh, you have a lot of these other um, prep schools mm-hmm. that are that are coming out like IMG and Malvern and 
and they're in these dope locations. Uh, and, you know, uh, Mouth of Wilson doesn't sound as as, as attractive as, as a going out to a Mount Bird seeing palm right. trees, but uh, it, builds, it builds a different type of character when you go up there. I can say that for sure. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Can I say something? As a person who went to college, I think the, the, the community of Oak Hill is stronger than some of the community and alumni associations in college, bro. So even though you didn't get to the college experience of the Duke and the North Carolina, the Kansas, you know, the whole humdrum, the Oak Hill bond is much stronger than a lot of the Blue Bloods or, you know, a lot of the successful college programs. So even mm-hmm. though you missed college, you really didn't because as a person who went to college, we always talk about the brotherhood and the cut the stories from our college teams. And you already got that in six to seven months in Oak Hill. So it makes sense mm-hmm. to me why you would jettison into the NBA, you know what I mean? Because you got what you needed. Mm-hmm fortified with some guys, you know, that are already like-minded. So it speaks to Coach Smith, you know, mouth of mouth of Wilson, Virginia, the whole Oak Hills uh, spot because, you know, th- that you felt confident enough and you had uh, some information with people who had already done it to make that jump. I mean, it, it, it really makes, you know, thinking about why do guys come out of high school, but when I think about you at Oak Hill and listening to you, it kind of makes good sense to why you would make a jump to high school. And yeah. So just segueing to the NBA, so 2004 draft, uh, you go in the first round. And I think people are always so concerned about like the encore, what happens on court. But what I'm interested in is like, I mean, you're an 18 year old kid staying home. You get drafted by the Hawks. You're from Atlanta. Uh, and the Hawks, like the, the team is horrible. And Jelani's there too, but it's <laughs> one of the record wise worst teams of the 2000s. There was a lot of talent there. I mean, you got guys like Antoine Walker, um, Al Harrington, Kenny Anderson, Josh Childress, Ty Lue. So there's a lot of like Tony Doug. Tony Doug. There's a lot of talent there, but like, what is that yeah. feeling like going into the league? You enter the league and you're home. I'm sure there's a lot of friends and family trying to come see you, but like the team is horrible. Mm-hmm. Like, what what is that like? What do you yeah. remember just from those like first weeks or month with the Hawks, where it's your entrance to the league, you're at home, like it's supposed to be like this beautiful thing, but on the court, like, I mean, I think you lose like your last like 32 of 35 games or something like that? Like, what is that? What was just that entrance to the league like for you? 13 and 69. I think it was like 13 and 69, I think, we ended the year. Mm. (laughs) Oh, man, from a a winning standpoint, uh, it was tough. It was definitely tough, but um, you got to take an effect. I was 18 and – I'm living out my dream right now. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I'll take the 13 to 69 for right now. You know what I mean? I'm just – I'm happy that I'm happy the commissioner called my name. So, uh, mm-hmm. so um, it was a, it was a, it was an experience. It was a, it was definitely an experience. It was a learning experience. Uh, Antoine Walker took me under his wing when I first got in. Uh, he was a great vet, man. Um, it was a great example of uh, – of a vet that, that that showed you things that you should be able to that, that you should apply to your to your game and some things that you should just leave on to, let, let 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 him have mm-hmm. it for his his his, uh, his journey you know Thanks. what I mean so but uh he was he was great man um and and that's what that's what I think is a lost art in today's game is the veteran mm-hmm. um they 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 helped me um kind of maturity wise close that gap 
You know what I'm saying? Because you got to think about it. I was, I was, I'm a kid. So I'm a kid around a whole bunch of grown, grown ass men. You know what I mean? So I want to play around and joke off. And I'm not understanding the magnitude of we're losing and, and shit's not funny. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I, I had to like understand and learn and learn those things as, as a young professional. You know what I'm saying? And then when I came in the game, uh, it wasn't all this, uh, uh, Dress like a hip hop rapper, or uh, you know, coming to coming to coming to gym with jogging pants on. Like the veteran would get on your ass so so quick, man, and, and make you feel like you you you'll be so embarrassed that you like you looking down at your sweatpants, like like you ashamed, like you done disappointed your dad. You know what I mean? So you know what it was. Had you like had to blazers. go get you had to go get them Willis and Walkers with the blazer with Willis the little Walker, with the little yeah, Gucci the, shoe. The, the Remember we had the wide, the wide at the bottom with the little Couldn't Gucci shoe. Couldn't see the shoes because the, <laughs> the jeans were so wide. <laughs> with the blazer and the like, you already yeah. know. And we did it. And that was yeah. Kevin Willis's. Yeah. Uh, that was as we speaking about veterans. Kevin Willis, one of the old heads in the locker room. He had a jean company called Willis and Walker. Listen, yeah, yeah, it was out of Atlanta. So I mean, his gosh, last year that was his whole purpose. His whole purpose was, was get, getting his brand. Yeah, yeah, was getting his brand. The around the NBA. I'm and not we, bad and we dudes brought like twenty pair. Like sure, sure, OG. Yeah, yeah so, like, show, everybody was showing love. Come on, Y'all man. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, with the little sure. shoes, big jeans, wide bottom, with little shoes, yes. with the jacket. Yes. My bad. I didn't. Yes. I just had to, I just remembered that. <laughs> no. I had to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah, but. Things like that, man. Um, just I would have to I would have to I would have to credit my the veterans. You know what I'm saying? The veterans helped me uh, understand the game. Now uh, is each and every organization different? Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like a fee, it's like dating. You know what I'm saying? Like. You know, you think you think you know every every female is the same when you're when you're when you're in this uh, this long term relationship, and then you know things may fall out, and then boom, you meet the other girl and be like, hold on, man, man, this this one's this one's a little better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or you know what I mean? Like, so it's like it's like understanding understanding things and being okay and understanding knowing that it's a business, like. When you step into the professional realms, it's a business. So, um, you know, emotions have to be kind of left to the side. No matter what they show you or how they make you feel, you got to understand in the back of your head it's a, it's a business. Jelani, what- how long did it take you in the league before you rep- before you realized that? How many years? You think? How many years? Yeah. Um, I say when I when I um, when I thought I was supposed to be an all star and I wasn't. And that's when it really sunk in. Yeah, that's when it really it really sunk in. That uh and I I'm gonna have to say, well, I wouldn't even say that was my first one. I say when I was when I was re-signing with dogs and I was a restricted free agent. Uh that's when I what knew. What year it was, was that? Mm-hmm. Trying to figure out uh Was that your first deal after the rookie deal? My first my first deal after my rookie deal. Mm-hmm. So it might have been I want to say oh oh nine. And this maybe. is fresh off. I mean, this is fresh off two seasons where you have a hundred steals and two hundred blocks in a season. You're the only player other than Karolinko, Ewing, Ben Wallace, David Robinson, and Hakeem Olajuwon to do that multiple times. Crazy. So you do that in like year three or four. Did you know that? I, I had no idea. Um, he he shot that set up to me. Uh, what what when, 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 did we, when did we have a, a conversation? Yeah, about a week. Ago. I didn't. I had no Please idea. Move. I hadn't. If uh, I, 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 I'm trying to figure out if my agent knew that <laughs> going into the meeting, maybe <laughs> right. maybe he could have shot that out there. We would have got signed a little quicker. <laughs> so you thought you right. you thought and like rightfully so that your play would have warranted like a bidding war because you're a restricted free agent. So teams can basically throw money and then it's on the Hawks to either match it or let you walk. And what happened? Just like the, the offers that you thought didn't come in, your agent was giving you information and then you ended up settling with the Hawks. Uh, no, I, I met a couple, I met a couple of teams. I met a couple of teams that, that year. I'm not going to say who, cause it's irrelevant now, but um, met with a couple of teams. Show, they showed me a couple of offers. They showed me like an offer sheet, but they was kind of nervous to, Nervous to kind of like 
issue like offer it to me because the Hawks was telling everybody they was gonna match mm-hmm. any deal. Mm-hmm. So so that's you know that's what they do. They they try to tell everybody around the the, the league that they're gonna match whatever. Keep the number they down. might not even match it, but that's just that's just gonna put fear in people's hearts to even offer you the money. Mm-hmm. So a team has to really really want you and. And uh, by the grace of God, uh, Memphis offered me an offer sheet, and I signed it. And uh, I, I had to say, less than a minute later, they, 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 you know, they. Once you get that one, the real <laughs> agent, they picked the real, it up, man. They, they, the real they agents the know. Up. Yeah, they'll call a team that they mm-hmm. ain't cool with. They'll be like, "I need you to make this. Mm-hmm. I need you to run it up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. we can take it. So they'll, mm-hmm. they'll, then I got you with two yeah. other players on the roster when we negotiate. Absolutely, That's the yeah. Game within yeah. the game, yep. Absolutely, yeah. So you know, my agents had I did had had some increments that they was gonna sign, but they did a great job at convincing Memphis to go ahead and do it. You know, to, to, to send the offer out, but they picked it up. Like that, like the Hawks picked it up as soon as I signed it. So it was like a conversation when, like, congratulations, you're coming back. And I, I was so stressed out during the during the process. I'm like, y'all could have offered me a little less than this. I would have signed it. But y'all, you know what I mean? Y'all was y'all was y'all were being unreasonable. You know what I mean? It was like super unreasonable. But things happen for a reason, and uh, that opened my eyes to to the league being. Big business. Mm-hmm. Well, Josh, you're <laughs> also coming on the heels of a lot of players going to high school, not having success after that first deal. Absolutely, right? you know, yes. There's, yes, the, there's the Josh yep. Misses of the world, and there's a couple of other players. Yeah. Not that it's their fault or I'm, or I'm hating. There's yeah, also yeah, a couple yeah. stories where after that mm-hmm. first three- or four-year deal, that second deal, people got a bag and didn't put up a 100 and wooty woo and be up there with Patrick Ewan and everything. So, like, that's part of what you learn when the business and you get older, but you know what I mean? But at, at the, but that was all the more the credit to you because you could have easily been in the situation where after the first deal, you know, you lowballed, you're almost out of the league because it didn't pan up, but you had put yourself in a position to be, you know what I mean, one phone call away from, nah, we'll do it, you know what I mean? So that's only a happy yeah. credit or fault to you. Things that you don't realize yeah, when you're playing, you know what I mean? Like when you get older yeah, and, yeah. and you, you, you mm-hmm. become a little bit more wisdom, you're like, ah, you know what I mean? I see what happened mm-hmm. there. So I just like to remind players, because I've been there, not in a situation where you have, obviously, where, you know, there's tons and tons of money on the line. But having a good year and thinking you're supposed to get, you know, X amount, and oh, I'm going to go right back. Yeah. I'll go for less. Mm-hmm. I just want to go back and be here for the next three years. Mm-hmm. And they don't know that. Your agent doesn't necessarily doesn't tell them that. It's their job not to tell them that you're comfortable taking mm-hmm. less money, because then they get yeah. less money. So. Just in the yeah. tangle web of the stuff we do, I just like to remind players, you know, or ask them, do they think about those type of things, like, you know, when we're playing? Because really when we're playing, we're playing. I feel like we don't. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, man. And uh, and it's okay not to, man. Be selfish in those, in those moments. Mm-hmm. Like, we're young. Uh, we have a window. You know what I'm saying? So maximize the window that that, that, that you see in front of you and – be selfish, man. Be selfish with everything, you know, because at the end of the day, when you get older, you're going to appreciate uh, you giving yourself that opportunity to be to see all those things through because God doesn't give everybody the talent to play, to be able to be a professional athlete. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's whether you play in the NBA or you play overseas. You're a professional. So... Uh, you have to be able to handle that gift accordingly you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so uh you know you know the devil gives out all kind of distractions when you make it you know you have women you have gambling uh you have uh you have a lot of things you got got clubs you got you got partying so it's like gambling you got everything so it's, it's at the end of the day it's like how can you minimize those distractions as a professional, especially when you obtained what you feel like is necessary to, to 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 be cool for the rest of your life, you know what I'm saying? So it's like be selfish in those moments of wanting to be the best player that you can be. You know what I mean? So so when you get older, you can appreciate and value 
that you did that for yourself. You know, because, uh, you know, as an athlete, that's probably the biggest thing uh, and biggest fears that we that we face is just regret, mm-hmm. you know. Um, regret with, you know, certain certain decisions, you know, all those things that I named, you know, hold, holding on to one of those things and, and, and it, ta- it is taking the control of your life. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think we, we think about that, you know, uh, you know, when you're younger, you're more emotional too. Um, so it's kind of like, especially when you invested so much time and emotion into an organization and, you feel like they don't feel the same way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of that, like all, all of that kind of plays into to a, to, to the factors of um, the decisions that players make. We know that the like money and women and gambling and drinking is like the, the obvious vices and distractions. Is there something that that just caught you like totally and for both of you that caught you like totally off guard once you did make money and make the league like I got to worry about this, too? Is there anything that like the common fan wouldn't really expect that is a, a common thread for athletes and people that that make good money? I can say this. You want to go, Jamal? Yeah, I, I, I can. I can say this, and then I, I, I want to know how Josh felt. And I'll be. I've lost a lot of NBA players with different experiences, All Stars, Hall of Famers, every, the whole gamut. I can say this, and you know, you could take this for what it worth. I can say, when I got to the NBA, I was disappointed. Just a little bit. The thing that I saw on television wasn't the thing that I was experiencing. What Josh talked about, the business side, you know, the, the the game within the game, just even meeting some of your heroes and knowing their personalities and, like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> huh? Yeah. You supposed to help yeah. me. You turning your back mm-hmm. on me or you feeling some type of way because I'm young and I'm, you know what I mean? I was just a little disappointed. Mm-hmm. Not to where I cave. It was just a, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah. The coaches, yeah. you know, learning the different dynamic of the coaches and the tangled web that they got and how they're trying to do the same mm-hmm. thing we do to move chairs over. and just mm-hmm. I mean, It was just like, yeah. a, really? I thought we were supposed mm-hmm. to hoop. There's a multitude of other things going on that I now can't just hoop and you know what I mean? I got family and a little bit of money and I'm living out my dream and I'm young and we can't just hoop. So I would say that's the part that disappointed me a little bit and it took me back a little while and I didn't have good vets. I had some veterans, but they weren't the ones that I needed at the time for Mm -hmm. me to advance. And I wasn't as confident as Josh. Josh was confident. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it I was, was parents yeah. or whether you call it bullheaded <laughs> it or whatever. Josh was good at letting one thing go in one ear and out the other and understand getting yeah. the message. I will take it and think about like think about it before it went throughout the other mm. ear. Josh came with whoop, 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 took yeah. the good what he needed, and I'll let him finish. Mm. He could tell this story, but I just know because I saw in Josh, you know, athletic. He was smarter than you thought he was, basketball, IQ-wise, you know what I mean? So if you didn't talk mm-hmm. to him the right way, it's, he didn't need it. It's like, I don't need – I, I mm-hmm. learned this from Coach Smith to Oak Hill, homie. You know, mm-hmm. I've already been a yes. pro the last yeah. six, seven months. So I'll let him speak to his – but mine was a little disappointment as to the other things that led to you not being able to play your best game. Man, damn. Uh that was definitely one of them, man. Uh, what you some you like that you summed it up that that and probably um, see I had I like I like I had the vet that I needed. I needed Antoine Walker. Mm. If Antoine Walker wasn't on that team for that for that first half of the year, I didn't I didn't know how it would. I don't know because you know I had Kevin Willis. He was fucking <laughs> with me the whole time, <laughs> but he was a good dude though. But he was. He was old fashioned, like Different I gotta era. mess with this re- I gotta mess with this rook. I have to mess with him. Mm-hmm. Like what? Um like which what was did he, okay. Like, like take the bags, donuts. Just, no, 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 no. Just anything. Like it was it was different back then. Like it was a little bit more it was a little bit more 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 reckless then. Like 
taking the bags is 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 easy. I I, I couldn't wait <laughs> to take the bags. Like you want me to take the bags as a rookie? It was like messing with you type stuff. You know what I'm saying? But Antoine was teaching me the game. Um, no 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 disrespect to Al Al Harrington, but he was a, he was he was contract year, so he couldn't he didn't have the time. He didn't have the time to show me, and that's that's what Jelani kind of is is talking about when it comes to like uh, the game within the game. Like you know, uh, I was we probably played the same position, so he didn't have time to mm-hmm. show me how to take his mm-hmm. minutes. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody's gonna really do that unless they like on the way out of the league. You know what I'm saying? Like and nobody's gonna try to tell a young guy how to maneuver and manipulate offenses and defenses and and not going to show you how to deal with everything they're just going to sit back and see how you how you handle it was this before was this so, before uh, or after Antoine like went through what he went through was this cuz you're saying he this is before no, Antoine was having it Antoine yeah. Antoine will come to the he'll come to on the plane with $30,000 in his book bag Easy. like and nobody nobody's gambling like nobody on the team was gambling that then. He was just whatever city we go to. Then he had like chair. He took care of took took care of people in in Chicago. He had a lot of charity games and stuff like that. Where I met Michael Jordan for the first time playing softball at one of his events, and I'm just just in awe. And uh, Twan cool. Big, the story yeah, he was, is a story. He was, he was, a story a is a dude, story. Man. But if you was his teammate, yeah. there wasn't nothing. He was a teammate, man. He'll, he'll pull Absolutely. up. He can pull up to the crib. If he's shopping, you, you shopping. If he eating, you mm-hmm. eating. Like the, the if you food. need a you need to borrow a car, he'll let you borrow for Facts. for a month or two two months. He wouldn't even ask for it back. Facts. I think uh, Royale Ivy or or one of my other teammates, they didn't, or Dante Dante Smith, who was crazy yeah, crazy legs. <laughs> we, I don't think we one of us didn't one of them two didn't have a car for like the first couple of months in in the season. I think he gave him gave him, gave him one of his trucks, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So he was a guy like that. Uh you needed if you you didn't have, you feel like you couldn't afford the suits, it'll get you a it'll get you That's a couple of them. So um I had to definitely say what Jelani said and just these just random people trying to be your friend. You know what I'm saying? Like trying to figure out how they get access to these little places, <laughs> uh, and these little venues that you got that you have to be at, and they just they try to get up under you. So I, I think I think things like that too are are probably the hardest kind of transition transitioning things that a young player has to deal sure. with. Uh, so go, sure, going yeah. back real quick to the the entrance to Atlanta, your arrival there coincides with Mike Woodson. There's a little bit of like an Indiana tie-in too. He went to Indiana. You were committed there, didn't end up going. And I mean, you got to give it to Woody in one sense that every year that he was there, the team did get better. I mean, that's what it seems like from the outside. But I know that maybe some people did have problems with you. What, what for both of you perspectives, having been there, like what was what was Woody as a coach like as your you know as a 19, 18 year old coming in and and what. Give it, paint that picture of what Mike Woodson was like. For yeah. me, <laughs> it was it was kind of it was difficult. It was definitely difficult for me. I mean, see, people got to understand. Woody came from the era of Larry Brown, uh, Bobby Larry Knight. Brown. You it. got Bobby yeah. Knight first. Tell you got it. the chair thrower first, mm-hmm. and then you have Larry Brown and. The common denominator in both of those two is they didn't like young young kids. They didn't like they don't like young guys. They didn't like rookies. They didn't like freshmen in college. They didn't like none of that. So he definitely took that that philosophy with him. So like you said, the game within the game. You can mm-hmm. you can imagine a coach not really wanting to to play a young kid and the organization is telling them to play mm-hmm. him. You know what I mean? Because of uh, the excitement that I'm bringing to the game. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like, it's like me telling you to do something with your job, controlling in your mind what, what I want, what I want you to, what I want you to do, and you're not, and you don't want to do it, but you have to, if you don't want to get fired, you're gonna, you, you're gonna kind of resent me a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. You're gonna resent, you're gonna resent some, a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Just not, and I, and I'm just like the innocent bystander, not knowing what the hell is going on. You know what I mean? So it was like, you know. 
you you you're a kid and you you see how like your coach is coaching other players versus how they're coaching you. You know what I mean? So like you you I'm not sen- I'm not a sensitive guy, and I never was. So but it was it was to the point where it was like you got to talk to me like that a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't just talk to me like this a hundred percent. You got to talk to me how you talking to the other guys a little bit. And it was kind of it never happened, so it was like a lot of it was a lot of headbutting, that, a lot of headbutting because we were both strong, strong-minded individuals. Um, but we got better because we had a lot of great players that come on our team. You know what I mean? So I kind of feel like we didn't do what we should have done with the talent that we had. Mm-hmm. No, no disrespect to no coach that was in that position. But like you said, um, Jelani, we was in a, we was in a, we was in a position where uh, the, uh, we had like nine owners at the time, and uh, and I think they were just they was offering who 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 would take the I think it was like the, the less paid coach in the NBA. Like who's gonna take this little money to be this head coach? Mm-hmm. And he want you know, and he was a first year coach, and he took it. So um, it like. If we had like you know, if we had like a, if we had like a, a really really respectable uh, coaching staff at the a season one, coaching staff, yeah, coaching staff season, coaching staff at the time because you know, um, we had a lot of we had a lot of talent, man. We had Joe Johnson, Jamal Crawford, who I think he got six man a yep. year two times for us. Uh, Mike Bibby, Horford, uh, Kirk Hy- Kirk Heinrich. Mm-hmm. Al Horford, Marvin Williams, like we we had a lot of guys where Joe where it could have where it could have made sense where we could have went and did something really special, um, and you know it didn't work out like that. But you know, like I said, I wouldn't take nothing back from the experiences that I had. I was I was I was young. I was figuring it out, and like Jelani said, I did a great job at. Staying focused and yeah. being confident, confident in myself. You know what I'm saying? Because if I wasn't confident in myself, I can easily see how an 18 year old could come in the league and just get in the A. Washed, from washed. the A, playing mm-hmm. in yeah. the A at yeah. 18, 19 yeah. years old. Stop it! Mm-hmm. You did a great yeah, job for sure. Yeah, you did a great job. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. But yeah, we definitely had our disagreements. But um, I'm older now. Um, I see things from a different lens now. Um, and I'm a coach too now, but, uh, the thing that I took from that is I'll never leave a player broken. You know what I'm saying? Like if I have to get on a player, I'm not just going to just, we're not going to not talk about it for 24 hours. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to call him. We're going to discuss it. I'm going to give him the reason why. And, I'm a coach where it's it's fair game. I'm like a Popovich, so like I'm getting on my best player, so the tenth player on the bench can't complain when I get on him. You know what I mean? So everybody gets coached the same, uh, it, it, but it is a different way. I I kind of do it because I know my players now, mm-hmm. um, but they all know that I'm 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 there for them and I want their best interest. That's that's all a player wants to know at the end of the day. Is if if the coach is down with them, a hundred percent. Like no matter what is going on in that moment, because we're mm-hmm. at war. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? We're battling, so anything can be said in in in, in the heat of the moment. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, as long as I know that you're down with mm-hmm. me, I won't take anything but personal. But that's what you players know what I mean? want, right? Like if it, like I feel like a. Anybody wants to get coached. Anybody wants to get, you know, constructively yeah. coached. You're doing this wrong, do this. But if Absolutely. you're not, you're saying if you're not also mm-hmm. at the same time knowing that that coach really likes you and like wants you to succeed as a person, I could see that how that could completely mess with your head, especially as it's a, a, a 21 year old. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was young, man. I was yeah. 18 when I am. And it's a given to like 22, 23. Hey, yeah. Why, and you got, he's, go ahead. Why did he show up at the game with uh, no eyebrows? Did you ever get to the bottom of that? And is it, is it true that you put, Ooh. did you put the Velcro on him? I put the Velcro on him. 
we was trying to we was trying to get him right, man. We was trying to get him right, uh, but he was a cigar smoker. So uh, I think uh, he had one of those Butane. those flame cigars. Yeah. So I think he I think he did one of them them numbers like that, and Took him it blew him, it blew it on off. Blew them Steve Harvey's <laughs> off. <laughs> It blew the it blew the reel was right over off, man. So I tried to, I tried to improvise for my dog, man. <laughs> I tried to improvise for him. That's crazy. So is it fair to say, Josh, for as much as uh, Woody was what he was in your relationship, coming from Indiana, being a hard ass old school coach, was there some moments in there that that you guys were cool or did have a safe space to at least joke? Because I find it's funny, like you can yeah. both can be true. You can be beefing with a coach as a player, but agree with mm-hmm. him as a person. Is that, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Does that yeah, make- we, had, we definitely had moments like that. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We had moments like that. We definitely had moments like that. Man, we're around, we're around each other more than we are around our spouses and our kids. So, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have friction days. You're going to have days where, where, you know, everybody's getting along and kumbaya and we're agreeing. Um, so definitely was some moments. Um, it was it was some moments. It was some moments of it was some moments of of, of joking, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. But I was more so of a like I like to I like to get I like to be with my teammates. You know what I'm saying. Like I was a teammate type of dude. So like kind of like building a, a individual relationship with a coach. It was more so with my teammates because I had to right. I had to be in the, the fire with them more so than with anybody else. So. Uh, getting the chemistry, learning, and knowing my teammates, in, like in and out, was more important to me than anything. How was that All Star Weekend experience? Your rookie year, you end up winning the dunk contest. If you go for the dunk contest, are you like kind of in your own own silo, or are you still like mingling and chilling with like the All Star All Stars? I was in my own world. Mm-hmm. I had I had my I had um I had my partner, uh, my best friend, uh, Michael Cash. He went to UGA at the time. He flew out with uh with with another buddy of mine named Andy Gates, and we were just riding around, man. We was riding around. I think uh, my agent uh, was agents with Kenya Martin, so um, I was able to kick it with him a little bit, and uh, we was able to. I was able to get in a couple of little places with him, and uh, it was a great experience, man. It was a great experience uh, for me and my friends. And it, I, it was like one that I can I can remember each and every day like like it was yesterday. Right. It was it was it was a fun experience for me. Jelani, you want to talk about what what you saw him do in an empty gym? I don't know if you remember, Josh, but after uh, a practice in Atlanta one time, we had a dunk off. I think it was me, you, Chill. I don't know if it was Boris. For some reason, it was somebody in there that was in there that shouldn't have been there. That just put the, it was definitely Crazy Leg. It was me, you, Crazy yeah, Leg, Josh. Yeah. The, yeah, and then I don't know if you remember, bro. I said I have Crazy s- Leg. S- I have since <laughs> I forgot about seen, that yeah. name, That's the one, yeah. though, man. I got. It. I got, I had to hit him with it. You know, I still that's my. I still be talking. Tell him, to him I said I what's it. up, man. Yeah, I yeah, got you, bro. yeah, yeah. But I uh, got you. I got it. You, Josh threw the ball off the floor, y'all. And he did like a modified windmill. I don't know whether it was the way he turned. Or something that he's did, his feet went up in the air. He went from like six nine to six five. It just looked like the sweetest <laughs> shit ever. And then he did it, and everybody kind of like paused, and about the ball bounced. Everybody was kind of like looked around, like what just happened? And I threw the ball to Josh. I was like, "Do it again." And he was like, "What did I do?" And I was like, "Man, that's what I thought." Thank. I was like, "Thank God," because if he can just do that. You know what I mean? Repeatedly, I was like, I was like, yeah. there ain't no way, bro. I was like, I don't even. If you could have seen what we saw, because everybody it was like one of the moments in the league. You know, in the league after practice, people start mm-hmm. doing weird shit. I seen yeah, Vince yeah. Carter throw a chest pass the length of the basketball court after practice one time. Mm-hmm. Dang. And then he had everybody trying to do it. You know what I mean? That's what happens after practice. Yeah. You see crazy shit like yeah. that. And then everybody yeah, else they get like, the hold on. And all that. They get to put the little money down on it. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. there ain't no way. If he can do it, I can do it. Put, the, put, the, put some money up. You know, and everybody huddle around. But that was one thing for Josh. But after I seen it, I was like, yeah, 
ain't nobody 6'9", his height, supposed to be doing that. Like, young fella going to be winning dunk contests and be all right. And sure enough, you know what I mean, sure coming down the line, that's what he was known for and taking off with that left hand and doing stuff other people his size really wasn't doing. Josh was, he was in that wave where he was a power forward, but was he a power forward? Because he can right, dribble yeah. and guard different positions. He really should have been a small forward because the power forwards mm -hmm. were all still in his era back to the basket. Yeah, yeah there was, Timmy was stepping yeah, out and going off glass. KG was showing mm -hmm. a little 15. But really, mm -hmm. he was playing a three, the four, the second team, five. If they brought in like a Strohmile or somebody that was lean and athletic, no freaky, Smooth would be doing yeah. that. So in this era, Jay Smooth is like a one through five like we've mm -hmm. unicorn. Well, could you like, like, like did you? Did, I mean, you're definitely like a versatile defender. Was there any type of player that that like might have given you problems? Like, was it the small guard? Was it the super big post up guy? Or did you feel like like was there any Achilles heel to who you could guard? Not when I really started to like watch the game of basketball. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like watching it all day long, like. On my days off, watching different different players, um, it wasn't really like once I really knew the game, it wasn't it wasn't a player. I think I led the I led I don't know what year it was maybe two years I led the league in like ISO percentages on like defensively like not getting scored on. So it was like I I studied it, but when I was younger, man, I mean I was the Gilbert Arenas. Uh, off the pick and rolls, he was before those injuries. He was a blur mm -hmm. with the ball, and and was like the Steph Curry before Steph Curry shooting the ball from almost half court. I say him, and um, probably uh, I say Carmelo when Carmelo when I was when I was younger, knowing how to knowing how to like take that bump that he gives you and being able to like stay like like it'll move the space you. up still the bump the mellow yeah, bump will move you but move you get you right on out of there yeah boy. It, it won't look like nothing but a, just a, a move you know what i mean no and you end up all the way up at, uh, at the other box <laughs> like what the hell yeah facts. yeah thanks so guys like that uh i say randolph uh zach randolph uh battling him no, 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 not more Zach Randolph. Mm -hmm. I mean, Zach Randolph. Battling him, it was, uh, you'll be bruised, man, putting ice bags on that One thing. One more question about the dunk contest. Yeah, you yeah. beat Amari, and Jelani and I were talking. You can include yourself because I, I I, think, like, you really could. Give us your Ra Mount Rushmore four big man dunkers of all time. So got to be a four or five. Who are the best four big man dunkers ever? Mm. Sean Kemp. Oh, wow. Sean Kemp is he number one. That's what I said. The, thing, the things that he did with he let you got on some Josh Smith shit. Like, this highlight is crazy. Yeah. And they let you they let you this do whatever you want back then. So you could point at people, you could like write uh, you can hold your nuts, you know what I mean? You can, you can <laughs> what about uh from six what's the Dawkins, gotta go. Dawkins, mm -hmm. gotta put him on there. Mm -hmm. You said four and five, right? Mm -hmm. I gotta go. Shaq, okay. Young Shaq. Mm -hmm. He was destroying the rim. Orlando, Shaq you gotta talk ridiculous. about. And I gotta go. Uh, Dwight Howard. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a that's about who we had yeah. with Josh, and he didn't throw himself in there and make five. There we yeah. go. So I think I think snubs yeah. from that. You know, I'm just being, I'm being humble. Bro, I'm being humble. Yeah, I think you're, uh, the dunk against the dude on the Bobcats, uh, Primo, where the sound of that dunk, oh, I don't think I've ever heard. I, th oh, I think that yeah. might be the best sounding poster ever. Exploded. <laughs> yeah, I tried to tether. I used to try to tether You ever rim break off. a backboard or, or, okay. or shatter a backboard, break a rim? I broke a rim, not a backboard, though. Never shattered a backboard. So... Winding down here, uh, like you said, the Atlanta team, I, I don't think you, you guys never made it past round two, right? You you only got to round two there? No. Nope. Yeah, that uh, was it. 
Your yeah, first taste of the playoffs, you take the Celtics, the 2008 Celtics that are still holding on to that ring. Uh, you take them to seven games. The Pachulia famous, the game seven uh, speech after game six. What uh, what iteration of the Hawks do you feel like was the best the best team? And then was there a playoff series that you look back on and you feel like you really should have won? I feel like was it after after we won? That's when we started picking picking up. I think when we got Bibby, Jamal Crawford, uh, I think that that's that was like Kirk Heinrich. We was like I think we we was like we was for real that uh, mm-hmm. that year, uh, those years, and um, man, we had LeBron in the East, man. So it's like you know saying saying we should have won a series is kind of crazy to say. Mm-hmm. I'm at the side. I think we played Chicago. Yep, and uh, and we could have won that series, but it, it was a young Derrick Rose. It was, you ran into to, to he was, I think he had MVP or something mm-hmm. like that. He was MVP that year, so it was like, psh, come on, man. Like, what Mike Mike supposed to do? <laughs> Mike, did yeah. So it was it was the times that I, I wish that we just didn't. I wish we would put up a little bit more of a fight though. In some of those, I mm-hmm. think we lost. Five games to like mm-hmm. Cleveland and like five to Chicago or something like Orlando. that. I feel like I feel like we 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 lost to Orlando, but we caught them the next yep. year. We beat them the next I think year. That was five. the end of Dwight. So yeah. we got our lick back. With, we got our lick back with that. No, Dwight was there. But that, I think he left. I think I think he, he left the year after that. I think that, I think that ended. Oh his yeah, 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 yeah. Um, how good was yeah, Joe Johnson? Yeah, we did. Mm. Really good. Really good. Really good, man. Uh, ISO Joe. Um, I think about what eighty five percent of our office was ran through, <laughs> was ran through Joe. So uh, for a very good reason, <laughs> Joe Johnson like two thirty two forty. Man, people don't know. People just think he ain't yeah, just he, look like he's strong. He's like, big, man. Yeah. He was like he was built like one of them three hundred soldiers. Yeah, he like three hundred. And uh, he has to be one of one of my most clutch teammates ever. Hmm. Um, game winners draw it up for him. He's gonna he's gonna he gonna he gonna send the other team on hmm. for sure. He did it a lot in Atlanta. He my did, yeah. Atlanta, and he did yeah. he did it. when he went to Brooklyn. He he did it. He did it that. Yep. He did it up there too a lot. Yep. So he, I mean, a guy that you can't speed up, super smooth, uh, ISO hmm. killer. Um, man, uh, a guy that can get you a bucket in many different ways. He like and Jamal Mashburn without the microfracture surgery. If Jamal Mashburn right. can scoot okay. around, oh yeah, okay, yeah, that sound about right, right there, yeah, yeah. and get to where yeah. he want to get. To. Too, that's, yeah, I like mm-hmm. that comparison. Mm-hmm. I like that comparison. Mm-hmm. Well, smooth. This was dope, man. Uh, I think just closing out, like when you look back at your career and especially like your Atlanta tenure, doing what you did in your hometown in front of friends and family, like. You know, what, what is it just like pride? Like, how proud are you of that? What what feelings do you have now? Because I know Jelani and players talk about it. It's hard to kind of reflect back on your career. You definitely don't do it when you're in the midst of it. Have you had, are you in that mindset now where you're like completely at peace? Where do you kind of sit when you think about your, you know, 10 plus years of NBA service? Uh, I'm thankful. Um, I'm blessed. Um, I'm definitely at peace with it. Uh, it took me a minute to get here. It was it was moments where I couldn't even couldn't even go to uh, basketball games because um, you know you you know you you, you don't you, you you like you said I was good at doing this, but when you you you, you get done, it's like you lose your superpower. Yeah, you lose your superpower. So it's like all of the confidence going like so. It's now it's like damn. You thinking about like, what did I do? What's going on? You know, you you. It's a lot of things that you that you that you want answered that you're never gonna get answered. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have to, like you said, you have to be at peace with everything. You know what I'm saying? And the most thing that that was able to help me along the process is it is understanding the business you know as you get older you understand you become more business 
oriented and 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 you think you think that way too. Mm-hmm. So um, I can't be nothing but blessed and thankful uh, for the opportunities that I had. Um, man, a lot of guys don't even get to play 13 years in the league. So damn near being no. able to stay that long out of high school, uh, hearing Jay Billis say that I was going to be the biggest bust in my draft. Mm. Uh, to playing 13 years in the league, it's a blessing. And, uh, you know, uh, I, you know, when I look back at, uh, all the things that I've, I've accomplished, I'm thankful. You know, I didn't get any all-star nods, uh, might, might've got snubbed a couple of times, but like I said, everything happens for a reason. Um, I have four kids, three beautiful sons, athletic, strong, uh, I'm giving them an opportunity to make it so they can experience it and and uh, also be able to help guide them and and to making better decisions uh, at a young age than I did. When it came to just um, getting coached and understanding 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 things from that aspect, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, when you're young, you, you know you, you're trying to figure all that stuff out when you get to the league. Uh, it, do they talk to you like this? Uh, uh, how do how do guys get coached? What do they let you do? Uh, how much free time do you have? You know what I'm saying. So all these things are are racing through a kid's mind when he first get get in there, and um, I'm just um and, and they definitely need guidance. You know what I'm saying. So um, you know the veteran the veteran definitely helped me with that. So uh, I mean, but I'm good. I'm good. And I'm blessed and thankful that I played the game so I can be able to pass it down to my the players that's on my team and, and my kids. Yeah, I wanted to put a pin in that, Josh. You know, welcome to the other side. It's a lot of the a lot of the bros that don't make it to this side and are still regretting going over regrets and I should have made a left when I went right there. I should have never mm-hmm. done this person like that. I wish this person was still in my life if I would have just been a little bit more communicative, present, whatever it is. And it's just, you know, when your career, you're one of the best basketball players to ever play basketball. And I feel like sometimes when our career don't end or they don't go on this trajectory as what a lot of people assume it should be a slam dunk thing to happen, a lot of narratives get pushed and then guys just ride off into the sunset. We don't get a chance to meet who we ultimately are as a person. A lot of fans, teammates, players, coaches, if you want to get in into coaching and, you know, want to be interviewing for a position or somebody wants to come into your program, sometimes people's vision of you are the last thing they saw of you on a basketball court, which is mm-hmm. an ill, yeah. ill mental space to be at the end of the day. So yeah. uh, as a person mm-hmm. who saw you as that 18 and 19 year old looking into your eyes now, we're all not perfect. We're all not supposed to be. But welcome to the other side, bro, because a lot of us, you've seen yeah. a lot of us who don't get to the other side and are still harping on the past and still got a lot of pain mm-hmm. that they have to get over. Yeah. And, you know, maybe you still mm-hmm. do. Maybe I still do. Maybe we all going to have our dark <laughs> days. But, bro, it seems like to yeah. me you on the other side. And you're a person who deserves, who's who's gave enough of his life to basketball and made big time contributions where you should see the benefits. And if you want to be a coach, an analyst, uh, invent a basketball product, whatever it is, like I'm here to just know that it's good to see people on the other side and they're healthy enough to expect what's on the other side. And you seem like you're there now. And I think that's what a lot of what Forgotten Seasons is about. Not only mm-hmm. you hearing your stats about what you said about like I we talked about that earlier and I didn't know that, but you need to know your contributions. You need to know your worth outside of basketball. There's only been five thousand of us and you were one of the brightest stars of the five thousand. So it's my job and I feel like it's on me to depart that information upon the bros when we end the show, during the show. So as like I said, as a person who's seen you at eighteen, nineteen years old, it's good to see you on the other side and I think the future yeah you're gonna be surprised how bright your future is you know now that you stop playing thank you i really appreciate it no doubt. really appreciate y'all for having me on jelani it's really good to see you always a pleasure i can't wait to call crazy <laughs> legs and, and call him i'm gonna get your I, number I with my dog. yeah i'm gonna get yeah, your yeah. number maybe i'll get on a facetime yeah, or a call sure. or something but definitely tell dante I'll send yeah let's up. do that yeah yeah for sure dog. thank you for your sure. time and uh, we will catch you next week
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.